Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. What is going on? It's been a little bit, but I hope everyone has been doing good. Welcome to another episode of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Like I said, it's been a minute since uh, we've done a podcast. Definitely needed to take a bit of a break, and uh, but at the same time, I couldn't pass up this, uh, this guest that we have on today. We probably won't be going back to weekly until the end of the summer, you know, with playing ball myself and now getting into coaching my daughter's U19, the time to put into doing all the research and whatnot for these episodes just isn't there but don't worry like I said we'll definitely be back in full force at the end of the ball season now on to this week's guest and like I said I 100% could not pass up this opportunity we were lucky enough to sit down and chat with LSU alum current Florida Vibe member and host on the Major League Baseball Network the one and only AJ Andrews AJ has had a tremendous career to date and it's still going strong She's a three-time All-SEC selection as well as a 2013 All-American with LSU. And she is also the first ever female Rawlings Gold Glove recipient from MLB in 2016 while playing with the Akron Racers in the MPF. We're going to talk to AJ about getting her start in the game, her time at LSU, of course winning the Gold Glove Award, and everything else she has going on in her absolute hectic life. AJ was such a pleasure to chat with. I'm so happy she was able to take time out of her busy schedule and come on and chat about her career. Got to thank friend of the show, Ryan Moore, for setting this up. Thanks a lot, Ryan. This is definitely a good one. With that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm. Lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling. Ain't never felt this freedom. I've got the world in my palm. Lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that? Here we go. We are happy to have on with us today three-time All-SEC selection, 2013 All-American, 2016 Rawlings Gold Glove recipient, LSU Tiger alum, and current member of the Florida Vibe, the one and only, the Beyonce of softball, AJ Andrews. AJ, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk. Now you got to tell you got to tell me the background on that nickname. Where did that come from? Because that's a sick yeah. moniker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I think so many people think I came up with that myself, and I actually didn't. I went on um, the Tom Joyner Morning Show. It was like a little bit after I'd won the Gold Glove Award, and so Tom Joyner Morning Show. It's it's a pretty. I don't think they have it anymore, but it was a pretty big show. They came on early mornings. I remember listening to it all the time. And my mom would drive us to school. 
And uh, that's how they introduced me. There's like, we are talking to the Beyonce of softball uh, and describe, describing like my flashy plays and just saying how I basically put on a performance on the field. And so they gave me the name, the Beyonce of softball. And literally after I got off that interview, I changed my um, Instagram to Beyonce of softball. So it's been there for that interview. <laughs> nice. You got you to gotta roll with it, right? <laughs> exactly. I was like, you know what? I love that. Thank you. And um, that is now what I'll be calling myself. That is awesome. That's fantastic. So what's on what's on the go anyway? I feel like you're you're one of those ones that just doesn't stop. Yeah, I am always on the go, but that's honestly how I like it. I feel like I've always been like that, literally since travel ball. Anyone that's ever played travel softball, uh, especially in the summers, you don't really have any time off. You're on a flight to the next tournament. And so that's really been my life ever since. Uh, shoot, started playing travel softball when I was 12. Mm -hmm. So since then, and it's really, I absolutely love it. And so in, a, in combination of softball on top of my career as a TV host, um, I'm always on the move doing something, something fun. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Awesome. Awesome. Now I mentioned uh, the Florida vibe. How's the, how's the prep for the upcoming season going? Prep is going well. Yeah. In, the, in between uh, my travels. And yeah. <laughs> working and things like that you know it's it's going well so excited for season to, to come around which is in really just a couple of weeks yeah right on right on now i have a little thing that i like to do you know to kick off the podcast uh i, I call it quick pitches i'm gonna i'm gonna throw some random questions to you you know just you know kind of break the ice and uh have some fun with it and uh see if you can answer them all right let's do it all right first one if you had to live off one meal for a week what is it um <laughs> probably tacos oh, that's my number one too nice <laughs> soft or hard shell hard okay I love hard shell all right all right um biggest thing you missed at lsu biggest thing i miss or like missed miss. biggest thing you miss, miss. at, at, L at lsu okay, yeah. yeah biggest thing i miss is probably just the camaraderie i mean there's nothing like louisiana saturday night whether it's in Tiger Stadium, uh, the LSU Tiger Stadium, or football Tiger Stadium, Tiger Park, LSU Tiger Park. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just miss the environment and being around the amazing fans and everybody. I mean, if you've been to Louisiana, you know, people could call you Bay Boo. And it's just like, <laughs> and the tailgates, you know, it's just, it's just the energy that Baton Rouge brings. I definitely miss really being engulfed into that every day. Awesome. Uh, next one, I got off an interview you did with Brandon Nemo a few weeks ago. So it's robbing a home run. Diving catch or ball on the run? Oh, definitely a diving catch. Yeah. For sure. I figured. Diving it. catch is, is I, my favorite. Though, you know, robbing a home run is always fun. And I think it definitely, the crowd is like, whoo, but I don't know. Something about a diving catch, like the ball that people just, you really think is a base hit and then someone comes out of nowhere. That's just, uh, that's next level to yeah, me. Yeah. Is that an Andrews? Uh, sister thing is it <laughs> yeah and you know what i'm the oldest so i have to say i started the trend yeah so, oh absolutely you know what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> but little sis Aaliyah definitely picked up right where i left off and made a mark of her own so yeah. it's been amazing to watch her too did she did, did, did she ever yeah she's definitely making a mark um <laughs> on a scale of one to ten with ten being amazing rate your karaoke skills <laughs> oh ten for sure oh, oh really yeah, no, without a doubt. Oh, nice. um, I definitely think my parents and my family would are like my number one haters when it comes to that. But <laughs> everyone else, everyone else, like every time I like throw out a note or something, people are like, ooh, AJ, you can sing. And, you know, I'd be like, oh, 
I mean, sometimes, you know what I mean? So I definitely would give myself a 10. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, if you could go anywhere on vacation, where would it be? Um, somewhere Caribbean, probably for sure. I, I love the ocean. So definitely something with really clear water and just, um, really nice weather and a beach. Nice. Uh, best thing about working for the MLB network. Um, I would definitely say just being able to have the conversations with all the athletes and really the amazing people that I work with. I work with so many really cool and talented people at MLB Network, and it's it's awesome that they kind of allow my my ideas and things to flow through a lot of what we work on. So really just love the people that I work with. Excellent. Uh, favorite LSU uniform color combination? Uh, I definitely liked... It was like the purple jersey, white pants, I think purple belt. And then we would have the, it was like purple and yellow stirrups. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just really like the, the full purple, purple, white and gold uh, combo. Yeah. Solid choice. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> two more here. Uh, if you could go back and play one game over again, what one is it? You know what really bothers me probably the game and we were in the world series my senior year and we were playing michigan and there was a ball that i dove for that i know i could have caught but i ended up not catching i think i would go back and redo that game i don't know if it would have made a difference we were losing but i think it might have so i would go back and do that game again okay okay and last one what's the biggest piece of advice you could give to young athletes trying to pursue their dream I would, the best or the biggest advice that I would give someone pursuing their dream is that there is absolutely nothing that you cannot do if you're willing to work for it. And there's always someone better, but if you determine and you go out and say, well, there will never be anyone working harder, you will see so many fruits of your labor come to life and begin to grow. Um, and also like, just remember to work out your confidence the same way you work out a muscle. I think going out and especially playing a sport of failure, like baseball or softball, uh, you know, it can be easy to get down on yourself. And we have to remember in order to maintain strength physically, we have to work out those muscles. And the same with our mentality and being confident, we have to work out those muscles. So talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. And what I mean by that is, you know, oftentimes our biggest enemy can be our what comes between our own two ears. And so instead of listening to what self-doubt or different things that are coming to your mind, talk to yourself, speak those affirmations, speak that positivity and what you're able to do to yourself. That'd be my biggest. Definitely talk to yourself more than you listen um, and make sure you are the hardest worker on that field. Awesome. And report. Yeah. Great advice. Great, great advice there. Um, so with let's get on to your career here. As with every guest, I like to start off here. Uh, tell us how little AJ got her start in the game. Sure. Yeah. I mean, me, I grew up in Tampa, Florida or Oldsmar, Florida, which is really a suburb of Tampa. And, um, I played every sport. I was the, that athlete that wanted to try it all. I was very good at just about anything I did. And so my main sports were at that time when I started softball was soccer and cheerleading. Those were my two main sports at that time. And I remember my mom just asked me if I wanted to try, she played, um, What's it called? Slow pitch softball. Okay. And so she just asked me if I wanted. I loved going to her games, but honestly, it was just because all the other uh, people she played with had kids. So it was just really fun to go. And she asked me if I wanted to play softball. And so I, I never said no to trying anything. I, I tried swimming. I tried gymnastics. Like, I tried just about every sport. And um, so I tried it. And I remember 
I thought it was so cool because in none of the other sports, I was able to like scream on the top of my lungs, you know, <laughs> doing cheers um, outside of cheerleading. But like that was a, that's what it was. And so then I remember the first thing growing up in Florida, if you've ever been there uh, early in the morning, especially in the summer or the spring, it's really dewy um, in the grass. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, it was really cool. My first catch that I made, diving catch that I made, I slid like I was on a slip and slide. And so I was like, oh, yeah, this is a fun sport. I'll stick with it. So uh, that's really <laughs> that's really how Lil AJ began to love softball. Right. So was there a point where you were like, hmm, I might be able to do something with this game? Like, like obviously when you got into travel ball and whatnot? Yeah. I mean, I was determined to get a scholarship and a sport. Mm. I don't know which one it was going to be, but I, from the age of 11 years old, when I realized you could get a scholarship to go play a sport, I was determined to do that. And I would say it was, it's actually kind of a funny story. I was about probably 11 or 12. And my dad, had put a cap on our back-to-school shopping that year, meaning like we only got X amount of money to spend for back-to-school shopping. And um, it was just like a lot less than the years before. And I remember telling him, I was like, well, how about? And I'm a, for those that know me, I love clothes. I love fashion. And so that year, I remember telling him, well, whatever money you're saving for my college, how about you add that to my budget this year for back to school shopping and I'll just get a scholarship. <laughs> and then like we both went and I was like, you don't have to worry about it. And that was, that was honestly the day, the advice that I gave earlier, that was the day he told me, well, there's always someone better. So you better work hard and be the hardest worker if that's what you want. And that's what you want to do. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I mean, 12 year old me, I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, fine. Just give me, give me, add to my budget, please. Um, but that was really the day that I, was just began working towards getting that scholarship and you know softball it was a sport that I don't know I just had so much fun I had so much fun playing it and I was really good at it I was willing to work really hard and I just love making those diving plays I, I noticed that not a lot of people were diving for balls the way that I was and so probably around 13 14 when I joined a travel team they're no longer around, but it's called Team FLA. And they were the team that was like traveling all over the country. The first team I was with was the Clearwater Bombers. And so they were traveling like locally a lot, maybe even to Georgia, but not as much as uh, Team Florida, which we're going to California, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so that was the team. When I joined that team, I realized a lot of those girls were committed at that age. I was the youngest one on the team that I, I knew that softball could could take me places. Nice. Nice. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that recruiting process. What uh what led to the decision to attend LSU? So I began going on some visits and I went to, I went to Memphis was one of my visits. I went to LSU and then I had one scheduled for NC state at the time. And I started getting more let, or I went to Auburn too. I visited Auburn and then I went to NC state and I began getting some, I got, got a letter like later in my career from Oregon. Um, but my, dream college from when I was little was UCLA because of Natasha Watley. Uh, but I really realized that, you know, if I went to UCLA, I probably, my parents wouldn't get to see me play much because I have two younger sisters. They both work. It just would have, it would have been hard to get out to the games. And so, you know, for me going to those schools, Memphis was cool. Auburn was cool as well, but that I just, you know, from the moment I stepped on campus at LSU, 
they always say like, when you know, you know, and that it really is that kind of moment for me. I just got there and just felt like this is where I was supposed to be. And, you know, I went on a visit there and went to the football games and just the excitement and the passion that you had before for the team. And I remember it was my official visit where we went to the game. It was Alabama and LSU football game. Have you ever been in one of, have you ever been in Tiger Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night, especially versus Alabama? There's quite literally nothing like it. Oh, and really? So, oh, absolutely nothing like it. It is the most elite and in, like, just intense atmosphere. I remember driving, we were driving to the game from the hotel. They had picked us all up. And I remember just seeing a big old hearse. <laughs> down and it was it was decorated in purple and gold and because you know death valley right? right so i'm just like oh my god this is the coolest place and it was just packed with people with tailgating literally from the hotel all the way down to tigers or to the stadium um to death valley and it was literally like i mean from the hotel it was probably about five six miles and from the like the entire time, it was just the streets were covered with fans. And I was just, I don't know, I just thought that this is where I'm meant to be for sure. And the fans and the people, everyone just feels made you feel like you were their child, like the moment you stepped out there. And so, I, you know, even my family felt very comfort, felt a lot of comfort in me going there because the way people just really take you in from the beginning at LSU. So. That was, it was a no brainer. After that, I, I let everyone else know that I was supposed to be visiting, that I would be taking the visit. And then I let the people I did visit that I made my decision. And um, yeah, now it's, I bleed purple, love gold for the rest of my life. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I've had, I've had so many guests on here that said, uh, you know, they, they did their visits and, and when you know, you know, like it's yeah. just a gut feeling. I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. So you arrive on campus freshman year. What's uh, what's the biggest thing you remember? I remember probably my freshman year. <laughs> I mean, I'm just about like school wise, maybe just the, you know, <laughs> really having to make a plan, a schedule, sticking to that schedule. Time management was huge. And just the freedom, you know, I mean, just being able to do what I want when I want. Right. That was amazing. <laughs> Uh, and so I had a lot of fun, but I definitely think that the naps, I don't know. I just had some hardcore, amazing naps in that, in my, in my freshman dorm room. And I think a lot of people that went to college, especially student athletes would tell you that there is no nap like that 15 to 20 minute nap you have between classes, um, especially your freshman year when you're just getting used to the life of being a student athlete. Yeah, those were some uh, I don't think any nap will ever beat those naps, but that's <laughs> at least student wise. That's what I remember walking on campus for sure. Yeah. So easy to say it was, it was a, a good adjustment for you moving away from home for the first time. Yeah, no, it was, I've, I've never been someone that got homesick. Right. Never, every time I traveled for travel ball softball, I was going by myself. And so I was always in what they called the orphan room. So myself and whoever whose parents couldn't come, we had our own room. And so for me being on my own, being very independent, had just was something that I lived for a really long time. And so the adjustment from high school to college, it was, well, it was, you know, it definitely was an adjustment. It wasn't something that took me very long to get used to. Okay. So was there a, like, was there a big learning curve for you, you know, the freshman season when it came to gameplay? Yeah. You know, I think coming into your freshman year of college, you have in your mind that you're going to immediately 
really be a starter because and I think just about everybody does. You come in and you're the best on your travel ball softball team, you're best in your high school, and you just take that mentality and what you think you can do on to your freshman year of college. And you get there, it's kind of like a wake up call though. Everybody's good. And um, everybody's competing for a position every single day. You're competing for a position and someone has the ability to take your spot. And so, you know, I think it was definitely a situation where I wasn't I wasn't used to that. And I had to really check myself and what it was that I knew I was capable of doing as well as my work ethic. And that was really when that began to, to come in. I hated feeling like someone worked harder than me. I came in my freshman year. I wasn't a starter immediately, but I didn't allow that to deter me. Um, it was definitely frustrating and, you know, it could be hurtful at times. Um, you can, that's when like the self-doubt comes in. That's mm-hmm. when the confidence begins to dwindle when you're not playing like you hoped you would. And so, but I think the difference between two people could be, well, one's going to put their head down and work. And when that opportunity comes, be prepared for it. Or the person's going to sulk and, you know, continue to not put themselves in position for success. But to me, I believe that success is really just luck and opportunity. Uh, or no hard work and opportunity meeting at the same time. Um, that to me, that's what success is. That's what l- creating your own luck is. Uh, and so for me, I just began to work really hard. And, you know, I one the starting center fielder got, got injured. And then it was my turn to come in. And at one point, my freshman year, I had the highest batting average on the team. So, you know, and then that really just secured my spot in the lineup. And then the rest of my four or three years, the rest of my three the years I had left, I was a starter every single game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that came from me not giving up my freshman year when I wasn't initially a starter. Right on. That's it. See, perseverance. That's all you gotta do, yeah. right? Yeah. So that, uh, so that <laughs> first year you guys go to the women's college world series, that must've been a pretty big eye opener for you. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, that's something I grew up watching on TV and was always hoping to get to at some point in my career and for it to be my first year in college that to be the place that I landed I was really grateful and really excited for our team we definitely were a team made out of just absolute grit that year and we beat a lot of teams that probably should have beaten us but because we were the team that just were hand toes down playing super hard never giving up we ended up on top in a lot of situations we had great pitching our pitching definitely led us there but if it wasn't for our defense and it wasn't for us putting some runs on the board we wanted to make the world series so mm-hmm. uh that team definitely i feel like set the standard at least for me as a freshman for how it was i was going to play and how it was i was going to hopefully lead my, the teams i played with the rest of my three years to perform all right now i got to talk about that tag at third on the infield fly in the sixth <laughs> against yeah, South Florida. now I, you know it's funny i can remember seeing that and thinking man, that girl's built different. Yeah. Or, or just thinking like, what the hell was she doing? Yeah. What did, uh, what did coach Trina say? Uh, probably something along those lines. Like what the hell was that? You know? And it's just like, Hey, it worked out. Huh? It worked out. And, and you know what's the, that, that's amazing. It worked out. Cause imagine if it didn't, I don't know if I would have played another game. Um, so like, you know, it's one of those things where it's amazing if it works out and it's crazy if it doesn't. But you know, when I really think back to that game and you really, if you were to really watch it, it was just like something instinctive, just like snapped into me because she went back to make that catch the shortstop and she was just, she caught it and she just stayed turned around and just had no Mm. urgency to her and just something in my mind was just like go like you got to go like there if we don't score now we probably will not win this game so it was just it needed the game needed some shift and like I just noticed that split second of her taking more steps 
that I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And I just took off. And uh, then also, I've always been someone that loves doing the hook slide. And I definitely the hook slide helped me out uh, because the throw beat me, yeah. right? And so yeah. because I was able to slide the way that I'm able to slide or slid that time, I was able to slide my hand in. But I think that that, you know, you have to be in games like that. You have to be able to take risks. And, you know, I think Coach Sreen is one of those coaches that takes risks. She's always one of those people that is going to put you in the position to uh, be successful. And, and she's never, she, I always have the green light after, after that, but yeah, I always course. have the green light after that <laughs> and to kind of do whatever. And, you know, I think that that was uh, why our teams have been so successful. We've really, she's never shied away from us being aggressive. Uh, I don't think she expected me to do that at that moment, <laughs> but um, you, you know, it definitely paid off. And for me, it was just one of those things where you you know what you're capable of and you're watching them take a long time or you're watching them not be prepared for what you are capable of. And then you just got to show them. Yeah. And Hey, and the other thing is it, it's gone down in, you know, women's college world series lore. Now like it's shown every year on the highlight packages. So, I mean, Hey, it, it, it definitely worked out. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely worked out. <laughs> yeah. So of course you went on to have an amazing career at LSU book ending it with another trip to the world series there in your senior season. Uh, What's some of the great memories you took with you from your time there? From LSU? Yeah. Excuse me. I would say a lot of the great memories that I took from LSU would definitely just be the team and building a family, building a sisterhood with all the girls. And, you know, I think when people ask me, like, some of my favorite moments or some of my favorite games, you know, oftentimes some of my favorite memories aren't even of myself. They're of my teammates. They're of like I would say probably one of my favorite memories is with Bianca Bell when we she was playing shortstop and we were in super regionals playing against Arizona State and we were losing one game and she thought she caught the ball. We were losing that game and she thought she caught the ball. And now this is like the this is the third game. So whoever wins this game is going to the World Series. Mm. She thought she caught the ball, but she the upset had dropped. And so she's in the dugout and she's crying. Like she just feels like she lost the game for us. They ended up scoring. And so that's how they end up going, getting ahead. And she comes up and she's the one that hits the winning, the winning hit just when our, to win the game first go to the World Series. Um, you know, there's just so many different things in regards to when you go through such a, when you go through a struggle together and you come out on top of that, or you go through these hard times, you go through the 6 a.m.s, you go through the hours of practice. I mean, you're together for most of the day. And, you know, I think it's my favorite thing and what I miss the most about LSU and the team is just being able to grind so hard with those girls and being able to come out successful. We have so many stories and it's just so much fun to sit and reminisce. And, um, yeah, I just miss being in the moment with that. And those are definitely my favorite times. Yeah. I mean, when you go through it, when you're with a group of, you know, friends, athletes, people for so long and you go through adversity, it, you know, it builds such strong bonds. No, it definitely does. I mean, there's, uh, you know, softball, it builds friendships for life. Yeah. My best friend on this, in this entire world is someone I met through softball. So, you know, it's definitely, I think, and most people can say the same thing. We have so many people that will, I mean, there's girls that are going to be in my wedding that mm. I've met on a softball field, right? And, you know, those are the things that you really take away and that you remember. Yes, of course, wins, losses, those are things that you you love. But when it comes down to it, you don't, you don't remember that. You don't remember the score of a certain game. You don't remember this of that. You remember 
the hugs after. You remember the excitement. You remember the anxiety in the dugout. You remember right. the coach yelling. Like, you, you know, you. if I look back in this time, it plays like a movie. And I don't always see the score or the team. I see my teammates. I see their excitement for me. I see my excitement for them. Um, and, you know, that's what builds from creating those bonds from a year of going to war together. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Now, let's jump over to your pro side here. Uh, you went on to get drafted seventh overall by the Chicago Bandits in the MPF. How how special was that for you? It was really cool. You know, I mean, I think that it's I'm really excited for the growth of professional softball, because at that point in time, I wasn't even sure I wanted to play professional softball. Um, it wasn't something that I really saw much of. Right. I hmm. mean, when you grow up, I, I think it's so interesting how from high school to college, you can ask any young woman, at least when I was coming up. So like 2011 is when my freshman year in college, uh, what you want to be when you grow up. And no one no one would say a professional softball player because it's not something you ever saw. Right. right. And so it was never something that really crossed my mind until probably my junior or senior year in college. And um, I'm really thankful that it did cross my mind and thankful for the fact that I was drafted and my opportunity to go play pro because I wouldn't be able to make the difference that I've been able to make in softball and just in the world had I not been able to be drafted and had my career as a pro athlete. So, yeah, it was an amazing opportunity and an amazing feeling to, you know, feel like, oh, wow, AJ, no, you're you are really good and we want you to continue. No one wants you to stop playing. Mm -hmm. So um, please keep going and change the world with, with your plays and your, your abilities as a softball player. Yeah. And you definitely did that. Cause I mean, you know, I touched <laughs> on it before 2016 and it was pretty memorable for you to put it mildly. Uh, <laughs> you went on to be the first woman to ever win a Rawlings gold glove for major league baseball. Just how amazing was that moment for you? Uh, it was surreal, absolutely, because, you know, in those moments, you never really think I didn't think that. I guess it didn't really settle in until after they called my name, that the person who is going to win this award is really going to make history. Right. And any woman in sport that's making history is is breaking glass ceilings and is opening the door, which is going to lead to so many other doors that other women, not just in softball, but in sport in general, will be able to knock down. Uh, anytime one woman makes history in a sport, it literally opens these doors for other women to now step in, whether it be through the confidence, whether it be through their ability or them feeling like it's possible. Um, you being able to create or make something that was once deemed impossible into possible you are now creating different dreams. You're now creating different goals just by turning that one word around. And, you know, for me, when I when they call my name and walking up, I was filled with joy and I was crying because I understood that me making history uh, it now allows someone else to dare to do the same. And so I've always been super proud of the fact that, yes, that I won, which of course is, you know, it makes me feel so excited and proud, but more so of the fact that it is now the standard that you give women these opportunities to be the best men, you know, are, are handed these things freely and women, while we're just as good, we don't often, or at least not often as much as the men are able to be recognized for how good we are. And so I was excited for the fact that this was, I was the first, but hopefully not the last. And now you see it in college where 
all these young women are able to get gold gloves. So, you know, it's definitely just been something that's been a domino effect. And without the first, there wouldn't be the many. So that's I'm right. glad to be the first. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, obviously, like that had to open up a lot of doors for you. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it did in regards to me being able to talk to different people, me being able to, in sport, being recognized. Right. Um, I think that it just allowed myself and softball to be recognized in many different ways. I was able to be in the body issue. I was at the ESPYs. You know, a lot of these different things that you did not see softball players at, I was now being presented in uh, a lot of these rooms. And so for me, it just was gave me more of a platform to talk and to be AJ right. because I've always been someone that loves to motivate. I've always been someone that's been very um, hopefully inspiring to other people. And, you know, I think winning the gold glove allowed me a higher platform to touch more people with the words that I have to say. And so I'm very grateful for that. Right on, right on. So uh, I want to jump over to major league baseball network here. How, uh, how did that all come about for you? <laughs> Where are you from? Sorry. I'm from I Canada. <laughs> I heard the about. So. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's crazy. That's funny. You know, what's funny. I, I played a couple of years with a, a team from Salt Lake City and like, and they said, they kept saying, I was saying about, about, and I'm like, I don't hear it. And they were just making yeah. fun of me. And the fact that you just did, I'm like, all right, maybe I am. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I know a friend of mine who was just visiting me, who's from Canada and he talks the same way. So that's funny. Um, I'm sorry. What was your question? <laughs> I just want, I want to know how, how the gig with the MLB network came about. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, even with you trying it, it still sounds the same. But, um, Sure. So, I mean, I've been in media and hosting space for a while. So that's what I got my degree in. I got my undergrad degree, my bachelor's in sports administration with a minor in communications and my mass and, and my master's degrees in mass communications and broadcast journalism. And so my first on-air hosting opportunity was with ESPN. I hosted a segment called um, with uh, speaking on black women in sports where I was able to host that. And then I moved on to doing a bunch of different other segments. I worked with different other networks. And, you know, for me, MLB Network came because with just, it was just kind of like the next thing in my sector. I've done different things with MLB. Um, and my agent was just someone that, who's Amber Sabathia, Cece Sabathia's wife. She's definitely someone that really helped put me in a position to be successful. And so, you know, I think that, from my career and I was ready. I don't think, you know, God gives you things unless you're ready for them um, or presents opportunities. Like, as I said before, I think opportunities or success or, or luck, as you want to call it, is really just opportunities and success meeting at the same time um, or opportunities and hard work meeting at the same time. And so I put a lot of hard work in with the different networks that I worked for. And it was really just, I was ready for MLB Network. And so that was what came next. And I'm super grateful for it. And this is my year two with the network. Awesome. It's funny you mentioned CC Sabathia. I've been to one major league baseball game in my life and he was pitching in that game. Huh. That's crazy. CC's awesome. Yeah. He could definitely throw the ball. I know that. <laughs> um, so, so you're, uh, you, you host the show, uh, play ball. Is it um, correct? Yes. So what's the, uh, tell us about that show. Sure. So play ball is the, show that comes on Saturdays at 10 a.m. on the network. And it's really just helping the kid. It recaps all the things that happened in baseball that week. And it's really a re amazing show for 
young kids and young athletes that are interested in baseball and softball will do a lot of we'll talk a lot to the athletes and their style or their cleats we'll ask them questions in regards to who it is they looked up to a bunch of different fun things i'll do some demos sometimes on how to you know recreate a certain play or how this person was able to do a play and you know like this past this next episode will be on uh, the Hall of Fame Classic that happened last week where I went in, I got a pinch hit, and I got a hit and got an RBI. So, you know, there's just a lot of fun things that go on in the show, but it's really a great show that recaps, and it's really showing kids what it is they're capable of, allowing them to really relate to the ball players that I'm sure they hope to be one day and show them how it is so they can get to that, to that level. Oh, nice. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. No doubt. No doubt. Um. So before we move on to the last segment here, uh, what's uh, what's some of the long-term goals that you have for yourself, you know, whether it's in the game or, or professionally or life in general? Yeah, I would say long-term goals for me would be just con- to continue to make a huge impact for women in sports. And whether it be me playing or me creating a space for women to feel free, feel powerful, feel strong and empowered and talking about what is that they're doing and how it is that they're successful. I have a podcast called Barrier Breaking Women that I'm looking to revamp and revise. That's really speaking to women in sports that have just done amazing things. And it's going to be a little broader, so more than just women in sports, just women in general who are just kicking butt in all different fields. And on top of that, also, I just would love to have my own show. I want to be the Oprah of sports. I want to be the Oprah or the the Oprah where you sit there and you have – I mean, I feel like you, you see Oprah or you see even Ellen, um, and they'll have athletes on, but it's like after they've won some super cool thing, like right. won the Olympics yep. or just won a championship, it's not like a day to day where you see the athletes. So it's almost like I'm going to flip flop. I want to be the day to day athletes, and you have the celebrity or the musician or the actor come on every now and then because the line between athletes and uh, entertainers, it's very, it's a very thin line, right? Mm-hmm. They definitely blend a lot. So you know, I think it'd be great to have both, but really a space where athletes can really sit and have those conversations that we all would love to know. People love to know about the athlete or the person behind the athlete. And, you know, I want to give that space for everyone. So that's my, that's my top, top goal to be that person uh, and to continue to elevate, uplift and inspire women in sports. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Last segment of the podcast here. Um, I call it player association. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a couple names to you and you're, you're definitely going to know them. Um, <laughs> if you have a story, let it fly. If not, just, you know, touch on them a little bit. Okay. Uh, first one, actually, you mentioned her earlier, Bianca Bell. <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind with Bianca Bell would be Bianca Bell uh, School of Base Running is what our, is what one of our coaches would call it because anytime I was I got all of the conditioning in whenever Bianca hit three I hit one and she was the third or third or fourth batter in the lineup so oftentimes we were on base together and I've gotten more rundowns than I can count and they've all been with Bianca Bell and they've all (laughs) been due to her thinking she's faster than me or something <laughs> and um we've got i've gotten us out i think of every single one of them i think we've always been safe but <laughs> what our coach called it the bianca bell school of base running because <laughs> uh we've gotten in so many pickles and it's all her doing so love her to death that's, but awesome. that's definitely the first thing i first thing i think of <laughs> it's all the times i was out of breath trying to keep safe. <laughs> nice uh next up savannah jaquish 
Savannah, I would just say, uh, like, one of the hardest workers you ever meet. You know, whenever it came to me working hard, if I was ever in the cage late at night, she was with me. If I was ever there early in the morning, she was with me. Um, just about as confident as they come. And she she just knows herself. And so I think she is an extremely talented and extremely hard worker. And you're not going to find somebody that is um, not perfecting their craft as hard as she is. So that's definitely the first thing I think of with Savannah. Excellent. Uh, Alicia Cassio. Alicia, I would definitely say Lily is someone that is super confident. She's able to spin the ball. Uh, she has so many cool tricks up her sleeve when it comes to pitching and she's just a super supportive friend you know I'm, I'm grateful to be able to call her a friend as well as you know, I've been able to call her a teammate or someone I've competed against competing against her at Florida was hard uh, but now we've been able to call each other friends and so I think she's just someone that is always gonna uh, be she's just a really she's gonna support you through and through so I think very supportive and just super talented awesome and last but not least uh you know her quite well, Coach Beth Tarina. Tarina, I call her Trina. Um, <laughs> I would call her. <laughs> you know, I think one of her favorite stories to tell about me, and I'm gonna call. I'm so one thing I'm gonna call Coach Trina is a straight up G. Um, <laughs> uh, one of her favorite stories is we were playing. I think it was at Nickel. Not was it Nichols? I don't know. We were playing a team in Louisiana, and uh, she got hit. I was on third base in a foul ball line drive her straight in the head i thought they have like those cinder block uh dugouts i thought it hit the the dugout how hard it hit and came off and she was holding her face i was like did that hit you and she just said yes i'm like you're a straight up g <laughs> and um you know i think that because she was just standing there like like a freaking foam ball hit her face and it was a line drive wow and so you know i think that that but i feel like that, that sums her up not just in that that not play but just who she is as a coach she just is always going to push you to be your best she her i think one of her favorite things is is you, you'll never know if you never try um you know in regards to diving in regards to making great plays she's always going to put you in a position to make you realize who you are. And, you know, I think that only people that are G's are ever going to um, really push you. And, and in a way that it forces you to push yourself. Like it's not, it's almost like she pushes you to just a certain point and then allows you, it's like she pushes you to the edge and like the edge is a place where you're, you're like, you're supposed to jump, but like you're afraid to jump or you don't know where to jump. Or you don't know how to jump. And she pushes you to that point and tells you, figure it out. Right. And mm. then you get there and you figure it out and it's like, the, but you never would have gotten to that point where you could figure out if she hadn't pushed you there. And so that's where, I, what I would describe push Trina. She's definitely someone that um, has helped make me who I am in regards to as a player, as a person, because I just genuinely, I think everything is figure outable and I think everything is possible. And that's because in the moments in which I ever did doubt myself or ever wasn't sure, she led me or pushed me to that ledge and was like, nah, you're going to figure it out. Like, I have nowhere else to go. You have nowhere else to go, but where you're supposed to go is where she essentially leads us to. So she's a straight up G and very appreciative of her. Awesome. I'm going to tell you right now, if I, if I ever have the opportunity to have Coach Shereen on here, um, during her intro, I'm calling her a straight up G. <laughs> yeah. She'll know exactly what you're talking about. I think that's one, of, that's one of her favorite stories to tell. So she'll know what you're talking about. That's great. That's great. What a way to end it. Listen, AJ, I have to thank you so much for coming on, you know, taking time out of your hectic schedule to, you know, come on, talk to me. Some guy from Canada that says about a lot. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I wish you nothing but success 
in whatever you do going forward. And again, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you again for having me. All right. Take care, AJ. See you soon. Taking time off from the act and I gotta relax. I need a new beat. Yo, for stroll, I got a few treats. You been up in the city long? Nah. Only two weeks. Cool. Well, sorry about the weather. It's been raining all week. I hope it gets a little better. Either way, class, listen. I got an ill vision by the song I'm working on. You think you got the right rhythm? Man, come on. You know I got some shit that'll break your neck. I used up what I want, but you can take what's left. Don't give me bullshit, dog. You know I blaze the set. You know you got something safe for West. I got an ill concept. Hip hop. I will pay the real long distance. What? 1987. I've been rapping in the ciphers in the sessions, and I'm still be getting stressed on the block. You know it's hard to be hip hop, and ain't nobody staying real. But don't pay bills when you showcase skill. Ain't nobody living off of doing windmills or painting train rails. That's real. It's hard to be hip hop. Cause I don't pack steel, do my tracks appeal And to the mass appeal, watch a fast they fail Yeah, I'm hip-hop son until my casket sealed It's hard in the culture when the fans are fickle to understand my issue, your old man will diss you One minute you're whack and then your jam's yeah. official And then they switch again, your bottles of cancer hit you First they loved LL, and then they hated them And then they loved them again, and they degraded them So lately, basically, I don't know if I can play to win Survival of the fittest, let me see what type of shape Yo, I'm in Yo, when I was younger, like 19 I could spend all day writing rhyme schemes Spitting freestyle and cypher in the streets But now I got responsibilities Yo, it's hard to be hip-hop